You have to look for it. It kind of comes towards the end. But Jesus is angry. He is fed up. The disciples don't get it. From their behavior, it is clear that they haven't understood any of his previous teachings about children. When Jesus is wrongly accused, when he faces an unjust trial and is eventually condemned to death, he never once shows anger. He never once lashes out at those who have wronged him not even to save himself. So why now? What makes this situation different? These particular teachings, the ones about children, are so important. They are vital to our own spiritual well-being. A few weeks ago, we heard Jesus say, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. He then went on a short while later to say, and if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. And now, just a few verses later, a few weeks later, it appears that the disciples have already forgotten what Jesus taught them about the children. So here they are. People are bringing their children to Jesus They want Jesus to touch them. There's no mention of these children being sick or possessed by demons. They simply want Jesus to convey his blessing upon their children. This seems like an easy request. But first, they have to get past the disciples, the bouncers, Instead of welcoming the children as they had earlier been taught, the disciples began rebuking those who had brought their children to Jesus. Surely the disciples are thinking something like, He doesn't have time for children. Do you know who this is? Don't you know how valuable his time is? Certainly children can't help fulfill the mission of God. They have no political clout, no useful contacts, and they certainly don't have any financial resources. It's clear that the disciples remain blind to the worth of a single child. Jesus once again tells them to let the children come to him. And he adds a new command Look to the children as models of membership in the kingdom of God. The disciples themselves must become like a child in order to receive the kingdom. My nieces, Abby and Emily, are eight years old, 
and they have never met a stranger. When they were here for my daughter Madeline's baptism, Emily told everyone she met as much of her life story as she could manage to get out in a brief conversation. Did you know that Aunt Liz is my godmother? My sister Abby is named after her, but she is my godmother. And guess what? I named Madeline. I used to call baby Maddie my god sister. And then she goes on to explain how she got each diamond on her add a diamond necklace, which takes you into numerous other details about herself and her life. She is completely open about who she is. She is trusting and allowing herself to be vulnerable, to be completely herself, no holds barred. She allows herself to be known. Emily does eventually stop for breath, and she asks for details about who you are. She wants to know about your life. She's not simply being polite. She is genuinely interested and curious. And most of all, she is receptive to who you are. I am sure that many of you have had similar conversations with children in your lives. These children all share common traits. They are open. They allow themselves to be vulnerable. And they share who they are while also being receptive to who you are. This is what Jesus asks of us for membership into the kingdom of God. I must admit that for me, the thought of allowing myself to be that vulnerable, to allow myself to be that open, is extremely unnerving. Something that was so easy to do when I was a child now seems impossible, almost perilous. Remove my many masks? Take away the crutches that prop me up? These are the things that I rely on to get me through the day-to-day of my life. My self-reliance, my ego, my aura of self-confidence. Over the years, I, like many of you, have molded many masks and created many crutches to help me navigate safely through this world. But these masks and crutches lead us to believe that we are in charge, that we have control over our lives, that we are not dependent upon anyone else except ourselves. We aren't trusting completely in God's love and care for us. We have chosen instead to have a backup plan, deluding ourselves into thinking that we have control over our lives. Children know otherwise. They are completely dependent upon other people for their well-being, for food, for shelter, for protection. 
They must trust in others. They must allow themselves to be open and vulnerable with others, trusting that that this vulnerability will build relationship, and through that relationship, they will be cared for. This is what God is asking each of us, to allow ourselves to be open and vulnerable before God, trusting that our vulnerability will build relationship, and through that relationship, God will care for us. Many of us have been taught since late childhood not to trust people we don't know, not to trust that we are safe. We have been taught how to protect ourselves, and over time, as we have aged, those forms of self-protection have become more ingrained and complex. So the question becomes, how do we now go about opening ourselves up and experiencing vulnerability before others? How do we shed our masks and simply be ourselves, completely and truly known by God and the world? It might take us some time to learn to become comfortable in our vulnerability, but if we look closely, we might realize that we have already begun practicing vulnerability through prayer. Almost every Sunday, baptism and Lent being the obvious exceptions, we begin each service in the back of the church, praying the Collect for Purity. This prayer is intended to help prepare us for worship, help us to set aside the things which are not important. It reminds us to open our minds and our hearts to God. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. With these words, we acknowledge our own vulnerability before God. God opens our hearts and knows our desires, sees our hidden secrets, All that we hide away from everyone else is laid out there on the table before God. This is vulnerability. Knowing that we cannot sustain this level of vulnerability on our own, the prayer continues, and we ask for God to help us to remain open so that we are fully present in relationship with God. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. This prayer directs us to set aside all the masks that we wear, and we come before God naked and completely vulnerable, allowing ourselves to be known by God and opening our hearts to knowing God and hearing God's words spoken for us. 
Each and every time we celebrate a Eucharistic service, we lay it all out there through this prayer. And instead of facing rejection, each time we find that we are loved and we have been deemed worthy to be invited into the presence of God. Through that vulnerable and open space, we enter into the rest of worship. We hear God's words spoken to us. We ask for and receive God's forgiveness. We remember our part in Jesus's death, and we humbly receive Jesus's redemption offered to all. Each Sunday, we practice vulnerability, openness, and receptiveness before God. But there's still a challenging part yet to master. What we experience here in worship must also be brought out into the world. Our vulnerability and receptiveness that we experience before God, we must also bring into our, the rest of our lives. More and more as we practice removing those masks and stepping away from our crutches and instead trust in God, we will find that our lives are being transformed. New, stronger, right relations are forming through that vulnerability. And even now, we might catch a glimpse of the kingdom of God breaking in here on earth. I invite you into a time of silent prayer. Consider removing your masks and allow yourselves into that space of vulnerability. For a few moments, let yourselves be fully known before God as we pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.